Heavenly Father, we thank you for your greatness. We thank you for your glory and your power. No one can stop your work. No one can stop your ways. We thank you, Lord, for salvation in Jesus Christ. Your, your grace and your mercy is greater than all of our sins. Forgiveness of sins is ours freely. We come to you today to honor the Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank you for, your op for the opportunity we have in this place together in person and those who join us uh, online. We thank you, Lord, for all of the opportunities we've had this week to serve you and to say a word for Jesus. May our lives count for the glory of God. We celebrate today and praise you for your power and your greatness. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, good morning and good to see all of you. If you have your Bibles, find your place in the Old Testament book just before the book of Psalms. Our boys and girls always bring their Bibles, and I'm so glad. Boys and girls, find the book of Psalms in about the middle of your Bible, and then go back to the left, and you'll find the book of Job. Job chapter 9 is where we look today as we continue to think about how great is our God? How great is our God? In these days of trouble and despair and frustrations all around us, we have the opportunity to do what Paul said, to set our minds on things above, to consider the greatness of our God. And I hope that today, now this will be a blessing to you, a challenge to your heart, as you consider and think about the greatness of God. So we come to Job chapter 9. Job is, Job is an example for us and a reminder of what it looks like to be a person whose life is overwhelmed by troubles and difficulties and he recognizes his own powerlessness to do anything about his life. May, may I remind you before we read these words together. Job lost everything. Where would you be? Would you be willing to serve God? Would you be willing to say the Lord gives, the Lord takes away? Blessed be the name of the Lord if God took everything you had. He took his children. A great storm came and all of his family, all of his children died there in that storm. All of, these, all of his possessions pretty much were raided and taken away by robbers. And then God forbid, just like in our own days, as we think about the very real dangers of the virus that is around us, uh, Job was struck in his own body with illness and he had sores from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet and all of this. And he yet still praised God in that condition. But he recognized his own powerlessness to change his life. That's the question I have for all of us today. If I'm going to consider the great and almighty power of God I must first recognize that I don't really have any power on my own to change my life. So these words that we're going to read in Job chapter 9 are a little bit strange. We're not always used to these words, but I want us to read them together and I'll comment on a few things for us today as we consider and allow Job to take us to the throne of God. In humility and great submission, Job teaches us how to humble ourselves before the Almighty and great God. So I'd like for you to stand now and honor the reading of God's Word and follow along with me. And I'll encourage you to keep your Bibles open this morning as we make some comments around these verses. There are at least four questions that Job asks in these verses. 
And I'll try to point them out to you, but first let's read them so that we have them in our mind. One of Job's friends, Bildad, has been speaking to him about the importance of knowing that God will, in the end, help him and encourage him uh, if he lives a life that's right with God. And Job begins by saying to his friend Bildad, chapter 9, verse 1, Then Job answered, In truth, I know that this is so. Question number one. But how can a man be in the right before God? If one wished to dispute with him, he could not answer him once in a thousand times. Wise in heart and mighty in strength. Who, question number two, has defied him without harm? It is God who removes the mountains. They know not how. When he overturns them in his anger, who shakes the earth out of its place and its pillars tremble who commands the sun not to shine and sets a seal upon the stars, who alone stretches out the heavens and tramples down the waves of the sea, who makes the bear Orion, Pilatus, and the chambers of the south, who does great things unfathomable and wondrous works without number. Were he to pass by me, I would not see him. Were he to move past me, I would not perceive him. Then the next questions. Were he, not, were he to snatch away, who could restrain him? Who could say to him, where, what are you doing? God will not turn back his anger. Beneath him crouch the helpers of Rahab. How then, another question, can I answer him and choose my words before him? For though I were right, I could not answer I would have to implore the mercy of my judge. If I called and he answered me, I could not believe that he was listening to my voice. For he bruises me with a tempest and multiplies my wounds without cause. He will not allow me to get my breath, but saturates me with bitterness. And now here is the focus of our words today. Verse 19. If it is a matter of power, behold, He is the strong one. Heavenly Father, we thank You for the Word of God. We thank You for the testimony of Job. In his patience, he did not curse you. He praised you in all his circumstances. May we learn to endure as Job, and may we learn to submit ourselves in holy fear and faith before you and your greatness and your power and your might. Today, open our eyes and our minds to the truth of your great power toward us who have believed and your great power to save those who are in their sins. May the Holy Spirit be our teacher. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. So our focus today is this, that God is almighty in power over all things. I may say it this way, God is almighty in power over all things. I'm reminded as I begin today what's happening in heaven this very moment. Uh, there is this great praise going on in heaven, Revelation 4, uh, Revelation 4, 8. And these living creatures day and night are saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty who was and who is and who is to come. Holy, 
holy, holy, is the Lord God Almighty, who was, who is, and who is to come. Today we consider our great God, who is Almighty. There is no one with power like the Lord. There is no great power like the Lord's power to create all things, to hold them together, and to save sinners from their sin. Today, I want to take you to this great truth. Lift your minds up. Get your minds away from other things. Move away from the distractions around you today. And consider with me the great power of God. The eternal, permanent, glorious, unchanging power of Almighty God. I ask you today, when was the last time you paused to consider God's great power? When was the last time you bowed your head and prayed and praised God for His great power? When was the last time in the circumstances of your life when you were facing some ordeal or some situation and you felt absolutely powerless that you called upon the power of God to help you and to change your life? Well, that's what we must understand today. We cannot live the Christian life, my friends, without the power of God within us. We cannot come to know Jesus and be saved without the saving power of God. So I ask you today, do you understand and are you glorifying God and are you experiencing the power of God in your life? Well, in the Old Testament, God's, there, there, there are a number of names given to describe God in His nature and His character. In the Old Testament, and I won't take the time this morning to show you some of these places, but in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew language, there is this great uh, word, El Shaddai. It is the name of God in His power, El Shaddai. God is El Shaddai. He is the great almighty God, the most strong El Shaddai, the strongest of the strong. In the New Testament, we have the same kind of idea in the Greek language with the word Pantocrator. And it is the word that simply means the one who is the ruler of all, controller of all. That's what we have today. When we talk about the power of God, remember it's all authority. It's all power. What did the Lord Jesus say? All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go be my disciples. All power, all authority rest in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so today I want us to, in the midst of all of our feelings of helplessness, in the midst of our own uh, pride and perhaps thinking we have power to consider the power of God which demonstrates the real weakness of our lives. So there are uh, several observations I want to make this morning from these verses. Again, notice these Questions that Job asks. Verse number two, how can a man be in the right before God? Verse number four, who has defiled God, him, without harm? Then you have number three, two, set, two questions. Were he to snatch away, who could restrain him? And who could say to him, what are you doing? And then the final question, verse 14, how then can I answer him and choose my words before him? The point of all of these questions is to remind us that we don't really have any power in ourselves to help us overcome all of the troubles of life. 
We don't have any power to help us. So the first observation is very clear. God is almighty and no person, no one is righteous before him. Paul said it this way. We have all gone astray. There is not one righteous. No, not one. You see, you and I are powerless to save ourselves. We are powerless to justify ourselves before God. And yet sinful man still stands and defies God and resists God and the gospel. So when we preach the gospel and we tell people they must be saved and that Jesus Christ died on the cross for sins and whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord can be saved, there is great power in declaring the gospel around the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. But man defies it. Man says, no, I'll just do it on my own. I'll stand in my own power and oh, the pain Oh, the struggle, oh, the despair of mankind, because men and women, boys and girls, students and all alike every age try to stand in their own power and justify themselves and say, I'm good enough. No, you see, the power of God reminds us that only God's power can justify us and cleanse us and save us. From our sins. We are powerless to justify ourselves before God. The second observation is this that God is Almighty and no one, no person can disobey God without judgment. Or no one, as it says in the question, verse 4, who has defied him without harm. Now, there's not one of us in this room today who's not living with the pain and scars of sinning against God. You see, this is what man does. Man, men and women alike. We hear God's word, we read it, and it tells us in the law the things we're to do and not to do, how we're to serve God, how we're to fear God, how we're to love God, but we choose our own ways. And because we choose to disobey God and to sin against God, there comes great harm in our life, and all of us carry scars today. You see, there are consequences from our sins that we'll have all of our life. And every day, some of them never go away. Some of them that seemed like they were a hard thing at the beginning can become a blessing to us. But we're reminded that we are powerless to turn away the harm done when we disobey God. I ask you today, are you living in disobedience to God? You see, in verse, uh, verse number four, God is called the one who is wise in heart and mighty in strength. So the Lord has given us the Bible. Boys and girls, it's why we study our Bibles. It's why we read the Word of God so that we can know what God wants us to do. And when we obey what God wants us to do, there's no harm that comes to us. We find blessing and joy, but when we disobey God's Word, just like when you disobey your parents, there are consequences from our sins. You see, the power of God is seen in that we must answer for what we've done. God moves to do His will without all of us knowing exactly what He's doing. In fact, look what Job says in verse 5. It's God who removes the mountains. They know not how. Verse number 6, He shakes the earth in its place and its pillars. He commands the sun, verse 7, 
uh, not to shine, and he sets a seal upon the stars, who alone stretches out the heavens. When you compare, when we compare ourselves to the glories of creation, the stars and the heavens above us, and all that God has done in the created order, it reminds us of our powerlessness. God is almighty and no one is righteous before him. When I come to know the power of God, I understand I have no righteousness on my own. God is almighty and no one can display or dis, excuse me, disobey God without their coming harm in his life. I wonder today, are you living in defiance of God? Are you continuing to live? You're going to you've chosen to purposefully disobey God. And you're living in open defiance and rebellion toward God. Every one of us in this room who's saved used to live in rebellion and defiance toward God. But we came to the point where we discovered by the wonderful truth of the gospel how powerless we were to change our lives. And we called upon the name of the Lord and we were saved. But there are some, oh, your friends and your neighbors, my friends and neighbors... Those we work with, many of them, most people on the planet, stand in open defiance against God. And yet now they defy God and there is great harm that comes. Because God has all power. He is the one who, He has all the power. We do not have authority to stand against Him. Third is this, God is almighty and no one can stop or question God. Look again at these verses in verse 11 and 12. Were God to pass by me, I would not see Him. You see, God is spirit. God is spirit. Were He to move past me, I would not perceive Him. But in verse 12, were He to snatch away, who could restrain Him? Who could say to Him, what are you doing? You think Job had thought about that before in his condition? Here was a man who was living in righteousness. Here was a man who was seeking to serve God. Here was a man who was trying to live his life by faith in God. And yet all the things that happened in his life were a great tragedy. The loss of all of his children. I want you to just pause for a moment. The loss of all of his children. What would it be like in your life, God forbid, if all of your children died at the same time? What would it be like at the same, at the same time as the death of your children Coming right along with it, you lost all of your possessions. They were stolen and taken away and you had nothing. Your possessions were gone. The house in which you lived collapsed and your children were dead. And then, God forbid, you got sick. Oozing sores from his head to his feet. You wonder that Job is saying here. He is reminding himself and us we're powerless to stop the circumstances of our life. Did you get up this morning and say, well, I've got enough power. I'm going to turn back these circumstances that are coming in my life. You can't stop them. You can't stop the circumstances that will come in your life. You cannot stop the day of your death. You cannot stop the relationships and the things that will happen. All of these things come in our life. We have no power to stop the conditions that we face in our life. And Job reminds us here in these very powerful words. He reminds us 
of the importance of understanding our powerlessness. You see, God does whatever He wants to do. You can't say to God, now wait a minute, God, you can't do that because God does as He pleases. What did the, what did the king Nebuchadnezzar, who thought he was greater and more powerful than anyone, including God, and God disciplined him greatly, after he repented of his sins in Daniel chapter 4, verse 35, some of the most amazing words in the Bible, praising God for his greatness and his glory, the king, Nebuchadnezzar, a pagan king, writes these words, Daniel 4, 35. All inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing. But he, that is God, does according to his will in the hosts of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And no one can ward off his hand or say to him, what have you done? You see, that means we're all powerless. We cannot stop the work of God that will be done in our world. Tim reminded us this morning, the Lord continues to do His work of bringing salvation to boys and girls, men and women, students who will believe in Him. The work of God is being done in our world, even today, in the midst of all the troubles, in the midst of the pestilence and the diseases, and all that's happening you see, God is almighty and no one is righteous before Him. God is almighty and powerful. No one can disobey Him without judgment or harm. And God is almighty and no one can stop or question Him for what He does. Finally, we come to this statement, verse 19. It is a matter, if it's a matter of power, behold, He is the strong one. These are the words of a man who came to trust God in the midst of great misery in his life. Are you able to say these words today in your trouble and in your pain? If it's a matter, if it's a matter of power, behold, he is the strong one. He has all the strength. If that is true, if we believe what the word of God says, that all power belongs to God and has been given to us through the Lord Jesus Christ in salvation, and the Holy Spirit of God has come to be a part of our life and to dwell within us, we have, my friends, the power of God to help us overcome the difficulties and the troubles of life. You see, this is the one who does wondrous things. I, I passed it, but I want to come back to these words. Did you see these wonderful words in praising God in verse number 10? He does great things. Your salvation is a great thing. He does great things, verse 10, that are unfathomable. There are things, be the greatness of creation, that God would speak and it would be done. The unfathomable thought, as Hebrews chapter 1, verse number 3 says about the Lord Jesus Christ and, and His power. He upholds all things by the word of His power, all of creation. All of us who are alive today, every part of creation is held together today by the word of the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Great power. The great power of God in Jesus Christ. Verse number 10, He has done great things. He has done great unfathomable things. Wondrous works without number. We cannot number. We cannot, we cannot understand the depths and the greatness of God's power and work in the world. Sometimes you see His work and power, but most of the time, as Job says, 
He does things around us and we do not see or recognize it. But God is at work all around us. I want you to be encouraged today. I want you to know that when we pray for one another, we should pray that we all discover the power of God. What am I trying to get to today? I'm trying to get to this point that we would come out of this service honoring, worshiping, and living in the present awareness of God's power in our lives. And I want to read to you from Ephesians chapter 1. Paul was praying. He prayed for all the churches. His prayers are recorded, and, and we've talked about them many times. We've read them together. But in Ephesians chapter 1, listen to these words that Paul says. If you want to look them up, you can. It's Ephesians chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. You see, God's almighty power raised Jesus from the dead. Listen, and that same power is now for you who believe. Paul says, I pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power. That's what I'm praying for this church and for all of you. Whatever your age, whatever issues you're dealing with in your life today, and, and there's enough of us here, if we pause to give testimony, there's a lot of burdens, there's a lot of needs, but I pray as your pastor that you might come to understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe it's for you. Not only is God great in power and glory, His eternal power is magnificent, greater than our powerlessness, but now the power of God is for you who believe. Paul says, I pray that you would understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe. This is the same might. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. The power of God to bring a dead man back to life. The Lord Jesus Christ back from death is the same power that now works in you and for you. You need this today, my friend. It is a sad thing to see that so many of God's people live, it seems, in such powerlessness. Just as if we were a leaf just being you know, carried down the stream. Unable to do anything. Unable to have any power over our addictions. Power over our thoughts. Power over our flesh that seeks to dominate us and control us. Uh, power to keep us from saying things we don't need to say. Power over our tongue. Oh, the power of God is available. But the sadness is that the majority of us who follow Jesus do not understand the great, incredible power of God for you who believe and that the Holy Spirit of God in us gives us power to overcome and to live in victory. What did the Lord say through uh, what did the Lord say to his disciples when he was about to leave? You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be witnesses. Power, the power of God to live for God. The power of God to overcome flesh in my life. The power of God to turn away from temptation. The power of God to re reside in my circumstances and be content in, in what I'm going through. 
Paul talked about the power of God being seen in the gospel. He says, for the word of the cross, every time we preach about Jesus Christ crucified, it is an example and reminder of the power of God to save. It is through the power of the cross of Jesus Christ and His finished work that there is power for me to be saved from my sin. You see, the power of God in your life and mine gives me the ability to say what Paul said. Are you ready for this? You know these words. Philippians 4.13 I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things because I have the power of God in me. Do you know that to be true? This is the normal Christian life I'm talking about. I'm not talking to you just about having head knowledge about the truths of God. I'm asking you today, do you know the power of God in your life, my friend? Are you living and overcoming by the power of God in your life? Paul taught us this secret so well. We, we wonder, how is the power of God seen? Will I, what, what will happen when the power of God comes? I'll give you the best way to know it. Paul said, when I am weak, he is strong. You want to know when you'll experience the power of God? Are you ready for this? When you accept your powerlessness. When you accept your weakness. When you finally humble yourself and say, God... I cannot do it anymore. The power of God will come. When I am weak, He is strong. God is almighty. No one is righteous before Him. God is almighty. No one can disobey Him without harm. God is almighty. No one can stop or question Him. Doesn't matter how great they are. Doesn't matter the nation. Doesn't matter. What did we just sing? What did Steve lead us to say? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? No one. He cannot be stopped. But the great and powerful one now has come. And He has given us hope in Jesus Christ. And when you're saved, listen to me, my friend. The power of God is not just an idea. The power of God is a reality to reshape the way you act, to change your habits, to change your mindset, to give you power to overcome your flesh. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So what do we do with these things in closing? How do we remember these things? What do we do with this in our lives? Well, let me just say quickly a couple of things. First of all, God reigns in power today over all circumstances and all peoples. He is, He reigns. The Lord God reigns in power. He reigns over all the planet. Though the planet lives in total rebellion and defiance against God. Almighty God strengthens weak sinners. Listen to this great promise in Isaiah 40, 29. This may be for you today. The almighty, awesome Overwhelming power of God strengthens weak sinners. Isaiah 40, 29. He gives. God gives strength to the weary. And some of you are just about beaten down. You just about can't even pray. You are weary and exhausted. He gives strength to the weary. And to him who lacks might. 
He increases power. That's for you. Through the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, we come to the Lord Jesus in our weariness and He gives us rest and He gives us the ability to be strong. And by the way, God does whatever He chooses. Psalm 115.3, our God is in the heavens. He does whatever He pleases. Believers are saved and protected by the power of God. Yes, we take our precautions these days. We live with wisdom about the world in which we live in and health issues and safety and all the rest. We do what we do, but may I remind all of my dear Christian friends, you and I live in the world and the God who saves us is the God who protects us by His power. 1 Peter 1.5, you are protected by the power of God. Through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed, we are protected by God's power till the day of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And what did the Lord Himself say? God in power does the unbelievable. I'll just quote it to you. Matthew 29, 26. You know what the Lord said? All things are possible with God. As you leave this place and you think about some, you're looking at some mountain or circumstance or trouble ahead of you and you think, how will we ever, how will we ever deal with this? What will we do? What will we do with this circumstance in our life? And I want to remind you here today that the Almighty God, God the Almighty through the Lord Jesus Christ and salvation in His name, the Lord says all things are possible with God because God is almighty. Because His power is limitless. Because His power is eternal and permanent. And finally, God's power brings spiritually dead people to life. There were a lot of spiritually dead people in here before you came to know Jesus. You are an example of the power of God. You know why? You're saved. You lived before and you didn't care about God. You live before in your lusts and in your wickedness for your own selfish desires. And one day you heard the gospel and you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ by faith. And the power of God came to work in your life and you're not the same. You're a changed person. You're a new creature in Christ. A new creation by the power of God. New mind. New heart. New desires. New commitments. A desire to live and to do what God wants you to do. A desire to glorify God and not live for yourself. What can explain that? Only the power of God through salvation in Jesus Christ. So what do we do as we leave today? Well, I challenge you with this. If God's Almighty, fear Him. That's what we must do. If God's Almighty, fear Him. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, the beginning of knowledge. You see, the fear of God is not afraid of God. The fear of God is as Job is saying here. How can I, how can I answer God and choose my words before Him? I must submit to Him. I must fear Him and put my faith in Him. You either leave here today trusting in your own puny, human power and resources, or you leave here today trusting in the power of Almighty God to help you. And there's only two kinds of people in this room. You see, if God is Almighty, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. He can save you and change you and maintain that in your life. If God is Almighty, now we get to it. We bow in submission 
to the one who has all power and all authority. Our Lord Jesus Christ, if God is almighty, live in the power of God by his Holy Spirit. I challenge you today. Why, my Christian friend, are you living without the power of God? Why are you living in carnality? Why have you gone back to the old way of trying to fix things on your own? In prayer, come before God and say, Lord, I need you. And I need the power of God to help in. And you just tell the Lord. You experience the Lord's power. You say, instead of saying to yourself, I can never overcome this. No, you learn to say, I can do all things because Christ Jesus gives me the power and the strength to do it. Learning to live in the power of God. Then we come to worship the Almighty God with the hosts of heaven. I have it here for you. Here's the way we leave. Hallelujah. 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 I'm saying it to you, church. Hallelujah. For the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. I have it here on the screen. Read it with me. Let's read it aloud. Say it with me, please. Hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Let's say it again. Hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Can anybody say amen? Praise the Lord.